I just think it's incredible that I can sit in my living room or my bedroom or my little walk-in closet and make this piece of audio that goes out into the world and actually changes people's lives. Podcast Junkies, episode 160. I had an amazing time last week at PodFest. More on that in a second. If this is your first time listening, welcome. My name is Harry Durant, host of Podcast Junkies. Been doing this for almost four years, 160 episodes as of today. As you heard, did you miss last week's episode? You may want to go back and listen to that one. It was with Mary Nichols, aka DJ Fusion, host of Fusebox Radio. What a fantastic time, reminiscing, old schooling. She's been doing this for a long time, gals and guys, and you could learn a lot from her tenacity and starting way before there was even podcasting. So that was a really fun conversation, and it's gotten some good feedback on Twitter. This week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Shell Hamilton. She's the host of the wildly popular Meditation Minis, and in this episode... She explains how she got the idea for the podcast, Meditation Minis, and why she found it surprising initially that it had such a positive effect on people. She talks about why she designed her show the way she did, and when she was first introduced to meditation. She also talks about how she became involved with hypnotherapy, and her plans to create a virtual reality immersive guided meditation. That sounds absolutely amazing. We, we share our experience with float tanks as well. Uh, she talks about growing up and moving away from Columbus, Ohio. So much good stuff that's covered here, as always, chock full of uh, interesting, educational, inspiring information, and this one's no different. So please, please uh, enjoy this conversation with Shell. I mentioned PodFest, which is the conference in Orlando, PodFest Multimedia Expo. Last year was my first time, and this year was my second. They've been doing it four years, and Chris Kermitsos and John Dennis, shout out to them. They gave me a great opportunity to speak on Saturday morning. It was uh, The title of the talk was Hearing Voices in My Head, and it was about how I've gone about finding my voice over the past... Uh, couple of decades. I, I, I actually start the story back when I was a teenager. So it was great. It was a, the first time I gave a talk that long on that topic. I've given 15, 10 and 15 minute versions of it. But this was a 40 minute slot. And I was a bit anxious in the beginning, but uh, it filled up well. Uh, I had a perfectly sized room. Shout out to Katie Kremitzos was there. Um, Zach was there from uh, Raising Rents. Uh, Lee was there from the Colon Cancer Podcast. Natalie Jennings from A Face Project was there. And uh, some new folks as well, some new friends that I that I met, Polly from uh, Swipe the Podcast and a couple other folks who I know I'm going to forget. Um, Michelle Shama was there and for Forbidden Fruit, who I met that, that weekend, and she's awesome as well. So I'm trying to paint a mental picture of the room. Um, Chris jumped in halfway through and he said he was tempted to leave but then he the content kept them there so that's always a good thing when you hear that so shout out and kudos to the team uh, i'm definitely going to be going next year and as always they had that gratitude ceremony at the end so you know i talk about conferences i talk about them all the time because i love them so much and so it would make sense that uh, i chat up the next big one that i'm attending which is going to be podcast movement podcast movement is this july 23rd through the 26th, and it's going to be in Philadelphia. It's interesting because Philadelphia is, is the capital of, um, of, I guess what you would call freedom because of the Liberty Bell. 
Uh, I've been there. I, I believe it has one of the oldest paved roads in America, which I think is is fascinating. And so it's been an interesting journey with the podcast movement team. It's been so exciting to see what they've been doing over the past four and a half years. This year in Philadelphia will be year number five, and I'll be so happy to have my five-year ribbon because I've been there from the beginning. And it's the first time I think I can say that about any conference that I've been to. And it's just I love how it's turned into the world's largest gathering of new and veteran podcasters, 2,000 podcasters from around the world. It's going to be over 100 sessions. Even the Expo Hall itself features over 60 podcast service and equipment providers. So whatever you're in the market for, if it's podcasting related, you're going to find it there. I think it's going to be so great. Uh, every year they keep outdoing themselves. I have so many fond memories of the conference as well. Uh, as jam-packed as these sessions are, some of these hallway conversations are priceless. I make it a point to print out uh, and and get printed, sorry, my t-shirts uh, because I, I want to make uh, an impression. And now people are expecting that year over year. So it's something I have to keep delivering on. So head on over to podcastmovement.com. And use coupon code PODCASTJUNKIES when you register to ensure you get your discount for this year's upcoming event. I hope to see you. I'll be in the bright yellow t-shirt, so please be on the lookout for me. This episode is brought to you by Podbean. Did you know that with Podbean, you can create professional podcasts in minutes? It's Really simple platform to use, super user-friendly. They allow you to upload, publish, manage, promote your podcasts, all with just the click of a mouse. They've got a great stats page, so you always know exactly how your podcasts are performing, and they give you in-depth view of your audience. You get to see episodes, and you get to see trends as well. It's really all the features you need for starting a podcast, website builder, unlimited storage and bandwidth, search engine optimized. You get your own domain and branding if you so desire, uh, iTunes and Play Store support, and rock-solid cloud hosting. They've got incredibly reasonable pricing plans starting at $9 a month for unlimited audio. And one of the, the good things about it that not a lot of people realize uh, is for a video podcasts, they also offer unlimited podcast hosting for video podcasts at a very reasonable $29 a month, which is something we're looking into for our clients as well. So look into those two options. If you get a chance, head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies. Make sure you stay till the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, please enjoy this conversation with the meditative and relaxing Shell. So Shell Hamilton, host of Meditation Minis, thank you so much for joining us on Podcast Junkies. Totally my honor. Thank you so much for having me. So last time we connected was, we saw each other was Podcast Movement, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and Podcast so Movement. What's been the... You had all of the bright yellow shirts. Yes. And what's, what, what, what's your, uh, what were your takeaways from the conference? Oh, gosh. You know, for me, every time I go to conferences um, full of podcasters, my biggest takeaway really is how freaking amazing the podcaster community and humans involved in podcasting actually are. Mm-hmm. Like, they are the most enthusiastic, genuinely helpful, caring humans. And I just love to go to hang out with them to go, wow, (laughs) people are so awesome. We need more of people like this in the world. And how many uh, podcast movement conferences had you been to at that point? Uh, That was my third year. Third year. Okay. It's been interesting the the growth of it. I remember so that was my fourth. So we did I did the Kickstarter one the first year, and and that was 
just amazing to see how fast interest picked up when they when they announced it and they quickly had to change venues i think three times or twice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh so i've been friends with um uh jared and team uh for a while now and it's just i'm, I'm really proud of what they've put together i think there were two thousand people at the last conference yeah it was amazing i yeah it's it's just great <laughs> were there any sessions that were of interest to you or some that you thought you were going to attend when you got there and then maybe you changed course <laughs> through over the course of the next three days? Um, gosh, it was such a whirlwind. Yeah. Yes, there were, there was, um, I really thought that the little spark things were fun. Oh yeah. The talks. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have gone to that if I hadn't been somebody doing one of the sparks. Mm, okay. Uh, so I've never seen that format before. I would love to see something like that incorporated into the main event at mm. some point, just because it was so great to hear these little five minute things from a bunch of different people. So for the benefit of the listener, can you give a, an, over, an overview of what the format was like and about how many folks were participating? Yeah, I think there was uh, about 16 of us, and they're just short five-minute talks. Uh, You get 20 slides, and they're on 20-second auto fast-forward. So you Mm. can't – if you mess up, you just have to keep going. (laughs) Okay. And you didn't necessarily have to talk about podcasting. Typically with Spark Talks, anything where you're teaching an interesting point Mm -hmm. in a humorous way tends to work really well. Okay. Yeah, I did PMX talks, which is like there's it's sort of like that that's the precursor to that and that was 15 minutes. I've done that twice twice in a row. So it's it's been very helpful and I've, I I took formal speaker training at the beginning of this year. So um I did the PMX talks before the training um and so now I've I've done it differently now. <laughs> but it's just nice. interesting how much you can do um when I, I I was in a speak off when I did my training and I had 3 minutes to qualify for the speak off. And it was 42 entrants and I made it to the top 12. And so in the final 12, uh, they get five minutes. But it was crazy to think about like I had a, I thought I had five minutes and they're like, no, you have three. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> what? And so you tell your story, you have to tell a whole story. It's a whole story arc, which is fascinating. Um, so did you have speaker training before you did the Spark Talk? No, nice. I mean, I've spoken in groups and yeah. stuff and I've done like some workshops and I do kind of talk for a living because yeah. I'm a hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. But it was a different kind of thing, yeah, for sure. So, tell me about the moment when you when you had the idea for meditation minis. I was super not going to do this show. Like there was no. Can I swear on your show? Yes, by you the can. Way? Okay, so there was no fucking way <laughs> that I was going to do a meditation podcast. <laughs> and I am probably the least woo-woo hypnotherapist. I actually thought hypnotherapy was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing it for over 10 years. So being in a state of full resistance mm-hmm. is not uncommon <laughs> in my life um, when it comes to these kind of big changes. And uh, yeah, I was not going to do this podcast. I actually had several other ideas for shows. I even recorded, I think seven or eight episodes of another entire show. Mm. And that was December of 2014. And when I listened to that show, it was like a coaching call show. When I listened to it, I was like, no, I do not want to be known as the person whose podcast is telling other people what to do all day. (laughs) 
Like I may be really good at doing that, but that is not what I want for my show. And a girlfriend of mine, Karen, who I think you've actually had on your oh, show. Oh, Yankovich. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She's awesome. <laughs> she kept telling me, you should really do meditation. You should really do meditation. I'm like, nah, I swear. And I like to drink red wine and I'm not a guru. And so finally I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll like do six episodes and see what happens. And six million downloads later. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. And I literally get emails from people. I just got one the other day. Harry, I get these emails from people and they're telling me how the podcast has changed their life. And I, I literally don't know how to write them back Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm so overwhelmed sometimes with the effect that the show has had in other people's lives and and gratitude and feeling blessed that I have difficulty finding words. Why did that catch you off guard? Why why was that surprising for you? I just think, look, I'm going to tear up. Um, I just think it's incredible that I can sit in my living room or my bedroom or my little walk-in closet and make this piece of audio that goes out into the world and actually changes people's lives. Mm-hmm. Where they write me and they say things like, I have post-traumatic stress disorder and I wasn't able to sleep for the past seven years and I am now sleeping because I use your podcast to help me manage my stress and anxiety. Mm. Or people saying that 16 years of therapy didn't do as much good as three weeks of listening to my podcast. Like, yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. The power of of words spoken with intention Mm. that's focused on creating a solution. Was that, that sounds, it seems like it's an important part of the formula because if you had that intention of, of wanting that outcome, that's going to color your thought process in terms of what you say, especially since it's such a short, I mean, these are 12 minute episodes roughly, right? And yeah. Um, so it sounds like uh, you were conscious of the, the energy you were going to put into each one of these. And so it's almost like it's short, but it's concentrated. Like it's, like an espresso, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of thinking. Except uh, espresso that makes you like... It's the opposite. Anti-espresso. A, a soothing espresso. Soothing espresso, yeah. So I designed this show because I wanted it to be something that I would be willing to listen to. And I'm busy. Yep. And I don't have time for bullshit. And I'm results-oriented. And I have ADD. So 10-ish minutes was the goal. And... Every episode, I want somebody to be able to look through and be like, oh, I'm feeling this today and I want to feel Mm. that. And so they find an episode that's going to take them there from being freaked out to being like happy or from being pissed off to being calm. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, when you look at the some of the some of the um, the recent titles are like healing garden meditation, you almost get you get the visual, right? And then uh, one one minute habit changer. And you're like, oh, I got a minute. And then you actually need 11 minutes for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the process takes one minute once you learn it. Yeah, which is cool. And then like, but but it's I love how they speak to what you could be feeling in the moment. And you're like, from fear to fun. 
And that's a really popular episode. Well, it's interesting because it helps you understand. It's almost like the topic that's popular helps you get an understanding for what's happening, at least for your audience and where they're gravitating towards. Does that at all color future episodes or? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, Right now I attempt to do like every fourth or fifth episode um, is more of a pure relaxation one. And then probably every eight to nine episodes. And these are just rough guesstimates. So anybody who's looking and says, oh, you didn't do it in 16 episodes. Well, it's just a rough guesstimate. Um, I try to do some kind of more quote unquote proper meditation practice, like Mm -hmm. a focal point practice, because ultimately the goal is that people can then feel comfortable if they want to, to move into what would be considered more of a, a mindfulness proper, proper, proper practice that doesn't involve my voice or anybody's voice, even their own voice ultimately. Except the voices in their head. Well, those are the ones that you want to eventually like not chase, right? That's kind of the point. Yeah. And it's not that they don't come up, but you just learn to recognize them and not get involved in the conversation. Can you remember when you first became aware of this idea of meditation? Oh, gosh. As a kid, really. I was like that weird little kid who I... I joke, but it's true. I would read the Encyclopedia Britannica for fun. Yeah. I was really interested in how things worked and why people believed what they believed. And I was very into like mysteries, you know, Nancy Drew oh, and yeah. Hardy Hard Boys. <laughs> yeah. So it was always about like how things work and perceptions. And, and I remember being fascinated by like the rosary mm. and how that practice kind of feels like you go into a trance Mm. which is a form of meditation Yeah, totally but i didn't do proper meditation probably well i read some bhagwan shiraj niche um who later became osho oh wow yes we'll have to put it well so for the benefit of the listener the 30 second version because this could be the 30 year version but there's can you describe uh who Osho is yeah so the Bhagwan Shirajneesh was this guy from India who created what some would consider a cult but it was definitely a movement of religion religious following and he went silent for I think three years and the people who were in charge with him supposedly are the ones who like bought all the he had like a Rolls Royce for every day of the year and just super decadent and then he reinvented himself later um, and called himself Osho but I love him because I find him to be the real embodiment of the trickster energy Mm, it's interesting that he he very irreverent and pokes pokes because he because he channels right I don't know if he channels. I think he does. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so. <laughs> he, he's had a lot of incarnations yeah. in his life, but he um, incarnations in reinventing himself oh. in his life. There's someone that, that channels as well, known as Abraham uh, Abraham Hicks, and oh yes, yes. Yeah. The, but it's um, a, the, but it's interesting. At the end of the day, like 
all you have to do is listen to the message. And if you resonate with it, it really doesn't matter where it came from. And if it's, it's, it's helping you and it's adding value and it's helping you see things from a different perspective, don't get so tied up as to, you know, what the source was, because I think people too many times are like, no, that, that can't be true. I'm just forget about it. I just, just listen to it, you know, and, and if it, you can use it in your life and it helps you get through something, a specific challenge, then, you know, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. When, and when, it's probably all from the subconscious mind anyway, which yeah. is a powerful house of a powerhouse of knowledge. So how did you move into uh, hypnotherapy? Um, again, really resistant. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now at least I, I'm smart enough to like look for when I'm super resistant to something to go, aha, perhaps there is something important mm-hmm. there. I was living in Los Angeles. I was a uh, struggling screenwriter, which really meant I was a bartender. And uh, I needed a job change. And I made this list of parameters that the new job had to have mm-hmm. um, as far as like the amount of education. And the hip- I, I just basically told the universe, anything that hits four of the five things on this list, I will investigate. And the hypnosis thing kept coming up and it actually hit technically all five of the things on the list. And I kept not putting it on the list. What were the five things on the list? They were pretty practical. One was it had to take two years or less of education if it required getting more education. Um, I had to make, I believe the number was $36,000 or $38,000 a year Mm -hmm. the first year after my education. But that had to quickly scale to like sixty-two. Yep. I don't know. I think I came up with the numbers because I was basing things on like cost of living and childcare. Yeah. And I could make a little less than that if I was able to be available at three o'clock when my son was off school, but I had to make the top number if I was going to have to pay for childcare. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was to um, be in service to others, to help mm-hmm. others. Cause that mm-hmm. was the one thing that I knew getting out of bed in the morning. Yep. Like those were days that felt really good. And so and that, that, that landed you in hypnotherapy and then you, you started studying that. And so what, and then that, that was, that was two years. Um, that was actually a year long program. Okay. It was 800, 850 hours, okay. pretty intensive year. Okay. And then I graduated right around Christmas of 2006 and moved back to Columbus, Ohio okay. in April and started my practice and have been working full time ever since the first couple of months. So uh, obviously, then you'd need to sh- you need to shift because then it's, you, you have to get your entrepreneurial and business hat on, right? And yeah. out of the student mode. And how was that? Can you talk a little bit about the transition? Because you know we have a lot of folks who have podcasts and have a business and have a combination and are just doing it as a hobby. But uh, I think that's a, that's a a point where people struggle, right? Because it, the skills needed in those two realms are completely different, and sometimes at oppositions to each other. They are really different. And I didn't realize that, you know, looking back now, I see it, the number of classmates that I graduated with that aren't practicing because they just don't have Mm. the business sense to make it happen. So I did a couple of things really smart off the bat. The, The first smart thing was that I named my business Columbus, Ohio Hypnosis. That's smart. Right? It's not sexy, but it works. That does work. That's I mean, sometimes we tend to over overthink these things, but then when you think about what people search for in Google, exactly. that is exactly the phrase. Yes, yeah. So I think 
throughout, like from work with that, as well as the podcast, one of the things that has allowed me to grow the way that I have is that I am aware that I need to create something and name things the way that people search for them as mm. much as I possibly can. And does that, uh, that ties, I would imagine that ties into the naming of your podcast episodes. Absolutely. That's so good. Uh, not only the episodes, yeah. but also like the whole concept for this show really uh, coalesced when I started looking at what people were searching for. They were searching for short meditations, five-minute meditations, 10-minute meditations, how to meditate, meditation in anxiety, meditation in insomnia. And I used to get panic attacks. I have from time to time struggled with insomnia. It's way better now than it used to be. Um, and so it just felt like as I was looking at the search, oh, well, this is a perfect fit. And somebody else would have told me, well, you should do a podcast that's hypnotherapy and it's for weight loss because everybody wants to lose weight. And I was like, well, hypnosis, then you have to like convince people of a whole other set of things. Mm -hmm. People are already comfortable with meditation. And I have a soothing voice and I used to get panic attacks and I have sleep issues. So meditation minis, short, sweet focused on anxiety stress yeah. is perfect. Yeah, so it's, it's about being smart, looking, yeah, yeah. solving a problem. You know, and at that time, there were no short meditation shows in iTunes, by the way. So I even looked at iTunes at that time because it was the January 2015. Where's that skill set oh. come from? Because that's not a thought process that a lot of people go through. So this idea of like, had you just been online for so many years, you see how, you know, sort of like, not that you're trying to game the system, but you see how the system works. And obviously search engine optimi optimization is is great. And everybody's been in Google sort of typing in words and seeing what Google pre-populates. And so that's that's really important research. Um, and I'm wondering how you learn that or just self-taught. Mm, probably those mystery books. <laughs> <laughs> choose, your own, choose your own adventure. You yeah, it's like looking for the clues, yeah. trying to find out this stuff. It's probably a lot of that, that just wanting to see the pieces and putting them together and putting them together in a way that I can deliver information that's within my wheelhouse, right? So it's within my competency mm -hmm. and it's within my passion, but it wasn't just my passion. What else was it? Definitely competency. It was yeah. a skill set. Yeah. And it was a willingness to you know, people say you got to niche down. I don't know that I niche down as much as I just focused my message. Okay. When did you realize that the show was getting traction beyond what you might have initially expected? <laughs> um, by the end of the first year. So originally, and I probably need to go back and change the about the podcast thing. Um, originally, I was just going to do the show for one year. Okay. And I was going to be done. And that was my commitment, a one-year commitment. And at the end of the year, I was like, wow, so I'm getting lots of downloads. And I've gotten, one of the reasons why I did the show initially was so that I could get clients from all over the world yeah. who would want to book hypnotherapy sessions with me on the phone and Skype. And that worked yeah. for sure. And I have had amazing clients, clients that I never, I mean, famous really famous clients. Really? <laughs> yes. And they found you through the podcast? 
Yes. Awesome. And they trusted me through the podcast. Well, yeah, they talk about this idea of no like and trust, right? And um, they first they have to know who you are, and then they have to like you, and then they have to trust you. And I think that's a, such an interesting journey when what it is you're providing is adding value and it are coming in week in and week out and just like, it's like, yes, this is helping, this is helping, this is helping. And such a natural transition from there to say like, well, if she's doing this in 10 minutes, what if I had a half hour or what if I had an hour with Shell? Like, how amazing would that be? Exactly. And to have it customized for yeah. exactly what's going on in their brain. Yeah. I, I shout out to, uh, you know, Katie Carrizos. Did you meet Katie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love Katie. Katie. So she, she was on a podcast with uh, Dana Bossmom podcast and yes. we're, they were talking about no like trust but she changed it she said no love trust and i was Ooh, like oh that's good like that yeah that's much better actually i like that much but i always i gotta I've, I've got a tweet i want to put out and just give her a shout out for that because that was awesome and i was like oh you know it seemed like an obvious you know upgrade or level up of that phrase and uh, yeah. uh, she's the first one i've ever heard that said it so that was pretty cool that would make a really good t-shirt yes we should make that. <laughs> Let's get it on the list. Entrepreneurs are always thinking about new business ideas. So that's a great segue because when did you realize that the, in, in addition to the, the your practice, you know, because you now have a, a shop store and a shop link and um, you want to talk about as, as you started to think about how that content could be repurposed into something that people can buy? Yeah. So a little caveat. I'm in the process of redoing the website. So some of the things aren't working right now. I have played around with different models. I did like an ad free thing and I'm actually the world's worst at doing anything consistently throughout mm -hmm. the week. I'm more of a all in do a project and then go do another project. Yeah. So I'm revamping this year. And instead of doing a subscription model for the ad free versions of the show, I'm going to offer playlists, which actually I think is a better value for my listeners because they can buy the playlist for anxiety, oh, or the cool. playlist for sleep and yeah. get specific suggestions based on the things that I think work better. So ultimately, it's actually a better choice. And then I have an album that I did because people kept saying, I want longer meditations and I don't want the gong at the end. And I'm like, yeah, but what you're asking for isn't meditation minis. <laughs> So, so I made an, an hour long album and I plan to do two more. Originally I was going to do like one every two months, but yeah. it's so much fucking work. <laughs> I had no idea. An hour long album yeah. is exponentially more work yeah. than a 12 minute podcast. You know, I just thought, Oh, it'd be like, you know, four or five meditation minis. Oh, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> well, yeah. You, you don't, and you don't know until you try it. Right, right. So two albums this year is the goal. Yeah, okay. And what's what's the practice? I mean, besides the production aspect, it, what what's needed for you to think about something that's going to... Do you think about something differently when you're presenting it in that format for an hour as opposed to something that's 10 minutes? Because the 10 minutes... Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about, does it have a start and stop in, in, in the middle, beginning, middle, and end? And do you just expand that out for a longer one? Yeah, that's a great question. So... I definitely have a different process of making longer work mm -hmm. um, with the album, the tranquility album that I made. The idea was to create something that people could easily fall asleep to that could even be playing all night long mm. without waking them up. Yep. And so I took a piece of music and I made the it's 
basically three 20 minute meditations, but I made them as seamless as possible so okay. that there's no long quiet pause. And actually the end of the music at the end of the album slides right back into the beginning of the music on the album. Okay. So if they, so if they loop them, it'd be seamless. It would feel very seamless. And throughout the actual meditations, the sound goes a little higher and a little lower, but the idea was to never have it be more than, to never have it to such a degree that it would wake you up, like it would feel like too silent for too long, and then suddenly there's a, a noise happening. And then the other thing I do in my production, especially for that album, like if you were to listen to that album in the car, it would sound like shit. <laughs> You're not supposed to listen to it in the car, obviously, because mm -hmm. you're supposed to be eyes closed. Yeah, uh, um, you have the disclaimer on no, don't operate heavy machinery. Or... Yes, yeah. yes, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but when I mix, I mix bass heavy, okay. and I cut out as much high end as possible. And I do that for the podcast as well, but in the mm. album even more so. Because I design my show, I actually consider myself kind of a guided meditation artist. Okay. And I designed the experience to be on not so great earbuds because that's how most people listen to the show. Yeah. They're going to listen on crappy earbuds. I mean, not everybody, but the majority or on their, you know, crappy phone speaker or their crappy laptop speaker. And so I really try to design the audio experience to match how the majority of the listeners are, are listening. So that's a different skill set. So where where did that come into play? Because I don't know that a lot of hypnotherapists are, are playing around with bass and treble settings. <laughs> See, the universe totally knew what it was doing like my whole life, and I didn't even know that it yeah. knew. I used to be in rock and roll bands at ah, one point in my life. It's all coming together. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a, I'm not an audio snob, but I am particular about what, I like for me yeah. and I, I'm sensitive to things like I have a female voice. So when I'm picking royalty free music, I do not pick stuff with a lot of high end. And if I need to transpose it, I will. Mm -hmm. I don't like any of a lot of the meditation music out there has that like high end stuff going on. And mm -hmm. I, I, I won't use it. Um, it doesn't, if you're a dude, it might work, but not for me. How does your, that's another question. How does your audience skew? Mm. mostly female okay yeah like 70 80 percent at any given time is female what do you what do you uh edit in i use garage band garage band okay yeah i may switch over to something yeah. especially now that my goal for this year is rather audacious by the end of the year i want to be creating all of my own background music for the show as well so music actual music original music production Yes, although I am not opposed to using MIDI loops and then cutting things out and moving things around because I'm not actually a musician. <laughs> I can play a little guitar, um, enough to write some songs on, but certainly not piano, and piano is more of what I want to do. Yeah, so I grew up as a DJ. I, at this point, I'm showing every time, every time I have someone, you can see the turntables in the background. <laughs> yes. The 1200s and... Uh... So I learned on vinyl, but then I graduated to tractor uh, DJing. And then eventually I, I felt like I wanted to start producing tracks. So I learned Ableton Live. Yeah. I took a mastering class. And I, interestingly, and in my mastering class, I met the guy who does the 
the theme for podcast junkies. <laughs> so it all so great. It comes full circle. But it was it's been fascinating to understand that. And so when I got to podcasting and editing, I'm like, well, I've done music and stems and bass and and percussion. So I think some voice and the you know one music track shouldn't be that hard. And right. and I got sucked into it. It was so interesting. I Dave Jackson, who who I'm, have you met Dave? Dave Jackson's oh, yeah. podcast, yeah, I like yeah. it. He's great. Um, one of his shows of his- was interesting because he intersperses like sound bits. And so on my earlier shows, I don't do this now because it'd be <laughs> crazy um, time intensive. But I, yeah. they would mention, there was someone that mentioned Jerry Seinfeld and, the, and and I found the snippet of the interview and I put it in there and they mentioned two songs and I was like, I grabbed and we talked about freestyle music, which I grew up with. And, and I know there's not a lot of copyright issues with that. So I, I built yeah. this whole like, you know, sonic journey and it's, wow. it's, it's fun. Oh, fun. I, I sort of wish I could do that but i just had a, an interview with someone and she was throwing out a lot of old school hip-hop references and old school house music references and i was like that would be so nice if i did a bonus episode that had the regular interview but then the interview with like the director's cut i guess is, is what you'd call it yeah that's exactly what i was thinking i was like well you should just do like a quarterly best of yeah do you like the fact that you sort of like can now pull all the different things that you learned and all the things that you're like, oh, I'm in this rock band. Oh, and like, uh, and I know a little bit of like tech work and, and I sound good on the mic and, you know, in, in different parts of your life journey, like you were using that one specific skill set, but it's just, isn't it nice when it all comes together and you're like, ah, look at this, all the pieces. Totally. Yeah. It amazes me. Like I said, the universe knew what it was doing. Yeah. I mean, before I was struggling as a screenwriter, I was a minorly published and produced playwright. Yeah. Okay. Which is storytelling and creating emotions yeah. with words. And yeah. then I became a hypnotherapist, which is getting your subconscious mind through stories and words to change what it's doing. Mm. It's all just, it all adds together. And then my next thing that I'm super excited about is I am obsessed with virtual reality. And oh, I, my plan this year is to create at least one, if not more virtual reality immersive guided meditations where you can just like go and be on a hyper realistic beach and hear my voice wow. and yeah so super how, excited. that's ex- that's interesting i i probably want to chat a little bit about that how do you do you have you been in contact with folks that do that type of production or have you done the research yeah, magic would have it happen that yes this week that person walked into my office <laughs> wow and so you would need a, a headset to experience it, but is the is the production is the learning curve if you know podcasting if you, to move into that is is it a is it a big jump or do you find that there's some overlap to help you make that hop a little smoother? Well, I would not um, attempt to do the uh, designing of the environment, the yeah. visual environment. I would be in charge of doing the story, the audio, the sound effects, the music. So the auditory part of the experience and guiding like what kinds of visuals have been shown in studies to create Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z effect. Like I actually want to create something that is therapeutic. Yeah. Maybe some sacred geometry. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Well, it's, that's a, it's a whole new world there. And I really think like I have visions of podcast junkies being a talk show, but then the, the, there could, it could be a virtual reality show, right? What yeah, if, right. What if what if it was just like two avatars talking, and and you wanted to experience 
there that you're sitting in. So it's the three of us and me and the guests and you're sitting with us. And because this is what I've always said. It's like I'm at a bar. I'm talking to my guests and you pull up a chair and you're just listening. So listener, we haven't forgotten about you. You're here with yeah. us. And that's why not do that? And I, I someone it's it's happening. It's happening. And people are probably already doing it. People are in the virtual reality world. People are probably having some sort of interviews. So yeah, let's let's keep talking because <laughs> I'm, I want to I, I like trying new things. I like being on the cutting edge. And I just like creating uh, this idea of creating immersive environments, I think is something yeah. that's going to be really big. It's it's not so much the virtual reality, interestingly enough, it's the augmented reality, where you yes. take the real world and you just add another layer on top of it. So and I, I look forward to getting into that as well. And my whole thing is I, you know, we have all this technology, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a group of people on the planet who are sincerely focused on using it for betterment of each individual. Yeah. Because if not, it's going to not be for the betterment of each individual. And I think you've built up enough of an audience who trusts you. you know, so we talk about no like trust, right? So now they trust you. So now when you want to move into this new arena, they said, well, of course. I mean, just like I get so much value out of meditation minis. Um, Shell is awesome. And I. it's almost like it's yours to like, it's your opportunity to, to, to lose because they've already, you've built up that goodwill already. So they're going to they're gonna give you a shot. You know, whatever you try next. And they're like, yes, um, anything that you're doing, I'm going to give it a shot. And you sort of like carry these fans along with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the therapeutic possibilities. They've yeah. already shown that VR technology just looking at a headset on your phone mm. can dramatically reduce the pain that you're experiencing in your physical body. That's interesting. Yeah. Have you ever tried a float tank? Oh yeah. I yeah. go all the time. <laughs> I'm a big it's my other way to meditate. Oh yeah. The, the first time I did it, it's, it's one, it's the only opportunity we have since we've been out of the womb to float and lose all contact with like the material world. Um, you know, maybe if you do skydiving, but the fact that it's same, the water's the same temperature as your, your body temperature. Yes. And then you literally lo- feel like you're not connected to anything. I've done yeah. it for an hour and it's just total, uh, lights off. Um, people get freaked out by it. I think if they've never experienced it, but it's, I, I find it incredibly fascinating. It took me three times of yeah. doing it cause I, I used to get panic attacks, right? Mm-hmm. So I was very like, Shot And one of the things that I get panicky about is claustrophobia. Even as a kid, I couldn't put my head under a bed or even under a chair without like totally freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but it's not like that anymore. Um, So the first time I went, I took the big towel and rolled it up. Um, Well, at first I had the whole thing open, but you get actually kind of cold when it's totally open. So then I had the big towel rolled up and I closed the lid down on the towel. So I still had a good 10 inches of space. Okay. And then the next time, and I think I left the light on for half of it. And then the next time I used the small towel. Okay. okay. And then by the third time I used the small towel for like half of it. And then I, I closed it down and I was fine. So are you in tanks that have, that allow you to stand up in them or no? You have to look No, it's a, it's a lie okay. down tank okay. um, with a hydraulic lid, but you're also in a room by yourself Okay. that, that you can lock and has a shower. The ones I've tried here, you step into the tub and when you're in the tub you can still stand up so that's oh. so that you're closing a door it's like a huge shower stall so oh, it's obviously yes. insulated so that you don't get the claustrophobia as much and then you just take your time to lie down and and for the listener who hasn't tried it it's thousand 
pounds of Epsom of salt that allows yeah. it to automatically to float the minute you step in. Um, and that's what gives you, you don't the, get pruney or anything. You yeah. It's actually good for your skin. Is from what I've heard. It, it, well, it's really good for your body. So yeah. one of the things that we tend to not get enough of is magnesium. Mm. You know, we used to be like running around in the dirt and everything, yeah. and we get plenty of magnesium in our system and now we don't. So jumping in that thing once a month even is going to help magnesium levels in your body, which make you feel calmer and less anxiety. Um, so changing gears for uh, a little bit here, where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, home of the Buckeyes. Okay. Yeah. I moved away the first time when I was 16. I went, uh, I did the AFS high school foreign exchange program. And when they asked me on the application where I wanted to go, I said any place, but not the normal places. (laughs) Like I didn't want France or Germany or England. And so they sent me to Istanbul, Turkey. Wow. Nice. When I was 16 for a year, that was awesome. And then I just kept kind of leaving Columbus. I lived in Dallas for about four years. I lived in Los Angeles for eight. I lived in London for about a year. A couple other little places in between. Moved back to Columbus in 2007 with my son because I wanted him to be, we were in LA at the time, mm-hmm. and I wanted him to be able to play out in the yard without me freaking out and to, you know, ride his bike down the street and hang yeah. out with friends without me freaking out. And it's been really good. And he's about to graduate next year. So oh. I don't know where I'll go after that. Is that how you know Dave Jackson? Because he's in Columbus. No, we okay. just happenstance okay. figured that out. We met at a podcast movement. Okay. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Is there a, I imagine there's a podcast meetup there. Or, there is. Yeah. I, Blueberry, I think, has one. Okay. Or Blueberry. Is that how you say it? Blueberry, yeah. yeah Blueberry. Yeah. Blueberry. Um, so out of the, the friends you've had like over the years, who who is the most surprised at where you've ended up? <laughs> <laughs> my mom. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my mom. She's like, I don't quite understand it, but it sounds good. And when I talked to her a couple months ago and I was like, Oh mom, I just got 5 million downloads on the podcast. She's like, that's really, she's like, so are you actually making money? That's, so funny. that's always the first question. <laughs> always the first question. Regardless, I think just parents will be parents and I'm sure you'll, you'll ask your child the same question when they start. Yeah. I'm like, no. And she's like, wow. Cause if you could make like a 25 dollar. cents a download, you'd have a lot of money right now. I'm like, yeah, mom, I know. What's been your relationship with sponsors? So I host with Audio Boom, yep. and they get all the sponsors. They take care of all of that for me. Um, actually, today they just sent me a bottle of champagne. Oh, nice! Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so they take care of it. The only frustration I have is when I occasionally have to do like a make good, okay. you know, a, a live read ad because I messed something up or yeah. something wasn't conveyed clearly. I've only ever fought on one of those. The mm-hmm. rest of them, I've always been like, okay, okay. And you feel like it's over, you just, because that's another skill too, like the ability to to read it in a way where it's seamless and some of the best podcasts, you know, you just forget that you're in the middle of an ad and you're like, or they're so good, you listen to the ad. <laughs> I would hope that mine have that feel. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's an, an acquired skill. So as you, th- as you think about the, the growth, are there things that you'd like to put in place or places where you can promote the show or, or, or just kind of in terms of growth, like, cause you've, you've grown to such a, a great spot now. And do you actively think about 
other ways that you can grow the show that you, you haven't tried yet? I'm always thinking of ways to grow the show. Uh, just because, well, one, it's nice getting, you know, some money from the ads. Yep. But number two, the more people who find the show, you know, the more I'm spreading this resource that can help them transform their lives so that they, you know, for every person who writes me one of those crazy emails that I'm like, I don't know how to respond to this because it's so fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's 20 that didn't. Yeah. And because do you, um, do you actively promote or talk about the folks that respond in the terms of like the reviews or even the comments and just kind of give them shout outs? Every once in a while I do. I have found that a lot of my, um, my listenership is really pretty private. Okay. They're fairly private people. So I have, and if I haven't asked for their name, Mm-hmm. then I keep it general, but okay. I will typically ask for the name. Of course, if they leave a review and they've left their name, that's different because it's in a public sphere. But from a personal email, I'm pretty protective. Yeah, I'm always thinking about how to grow. Like I love going to conventions because I meet other people. Yeah. Um, and that always ends up growing the podcast to some degree. At this point, the more that I can connect with other people who are, you know, therapists, health mm-hmm. coaches, then that's going to spread it even further. I do have a, a do, you, do you appear on a lot of podcasts or have you been asked to appear on a lot of podcasts? Yeah. You know what? This past year, not so much. The okay. first couple of years I did. So if anybody, you know, wants to contact me, fine. The other thing I would throw out to your listeners is anybody who um, thinks that they, can't do a show that feeds their actual business Mm -hmm. let's talk because i (laughs) bet if you're willing to be open-minded to some ideas we could figure something out i love that and i actually have a a facebook group for my business because i I produce we do done for you podcasting and that i created a group called podcasting for thought leaders where it's just for podcasters who want to use a a podcast to grow their business so yeah I'm, i'm a big fan of that approach um, and that's basically what Meditation Minis was. Yeah. It was a way for me to grow my hypnotherapy business and to make me location independent. Yes. But at this point, it's gotten to the point where I want to do large workshops and do more speaking. That's perfect. Yeah, and it lends itself. Yeah. There's, no, there's, no, there's no better um, audition tape than a, a couple of years worth of podcasts for people who are right? like, how do you sound? And they're like, well, as a matter of fact, glad you asked. <laughs> Go listen to my show. <laughs> exactly so yeah so you are going to be doing that is the plan more speaking in 2018 and stages yeah Yeah. i i have booked my um space i haven't actually put it out in the world yet but i'll put it out here because by the time this comes out it'll probably be fine to tell everybody yeah i have my first three-day workshop in april april 20th in columbus ohio and it's an emotional detox weekend that sounds interesting. Yeah, make sure uh, you give me the details on that. We'll put it in the show notes because I think by the time it's out, we'll we'll see if people are interested and we, we can get them over there. Wonderful. Have you ever heard of uh, 432 hertz music? I have not heard of that. And I've heard of a lot of things. <laughs> so Google it. I, I don't want to take you down a rabbit hole, but it's essentially has something to do with the Schumann resonance. And uh, but, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> so um, it's just music that's recorded at, at that hurts and it has more like connects more to you and it gets into like your chakras and stuff like that so you might want to be able you know since you're into the music part that'd be a nice thing to, to mix into so 
See, that's <laughs> going to be a part of what I'm. Yes, thank you so much. A couple of other questions. A couple of questions as we as we wrap up. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? <sighs> something I've changed my mind about recently. Oh gosh, I change my mind all of the time. Can we come back to that one? Yeah. Ask me the next one. What's the most misunderstood thing about you? A lot of times people, I think I have really good resting bitch face. <laughs> and so people think that I'm unapproachable. Yeah. And um, I'm actually very warm and fuzzy, although I am an introvert. I'm mm -hmm. still very warm and fuzzy. So, yeah, the most misunderstood thing about me is my resting bitch face. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. So everyone knows that if you see Shell in the hallway, she's just waiting for your hug. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, just come up and hug me. I'll be like, yeah, bring it. Let's go. Something you changed your mind about? Um, something I changed. I thought I wasn't an angry person. I thought I didn't have any anger left. Mm. And uh, in the past couple of months, I've had a couple of situations where my anger was, I allowed my anger to be triggered to a much higher degree than I thought was even possible since my 20s. Mm. Now, I could throw out the almost 50 card and say that like there's some hormonal stuff going on. Right. But I think it's really just that, you know, as you peel back more things, you also get more sensitive. Yeah, makes sense. And so I get to, to figure out new ways to not let that surprise me and not have to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it's interesting that you had that awareness that there's a change in your, uh, your, your, that type of response, which is different than I guess what you thought, how you thought you'd react, but the fact that you can actually observe it. And, and this is what I learned in Buddhism, like to just be aware of the emotion. And a lot, a lot of people like to say, I'm angry. And I'm like, well, technically you are experiencing anger. Right. And, and so it's the difference. And you don't have to, because when they say I'm angry, you're like actually putting it on and wearing it as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to try this and then I'm going to take it yeah. off. But it's not me. Yeah, totally. That it helps. happened like twice yeah. in a two month span. Um, and it wasn't huge, but it was intense. And I remember in each moment, there was a part of me going, whoa, what is this right now? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Who is this person who's mm -hmm. taken over your voice? <laughs> Well, you caught you caught yourself. That's the important thing. In the moment, I couldn't yeah, stop it. Yeah. In the moment, it was just still like yeah. this. Ah, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I didn't know you had that in you. <laughs> well, it's good to get it out because then it's it's probably like you were probably able to exercise that in a in a moment where it the reper repercussions weren't as serious as to maybe like a year down and and you're in a business environment or something in a meeting and, and that happens and I think. Um, everything for a reason yeah 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 that would be bad <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for uh taking the time to uh fear i mean i i know that we just had this passing i have a lot of hallway conversations at podcast movement but then i you know we, we meet people and i was like oh i think i want to have a deeper conversation and i think what you're doing is is really a, a needed and welcome resource for the podcasting community because especially you know we we get so caught up in our day-to-day -day lives and to know that our fellow peers are creating tools for us that can help us as a, as a podcaster. And then it's just, we have that common interest. And as you've found the podcasting community is so helpful and so generous. And I think we just all want to help each other. Yeah, they are awesome. They are definitely, I am, I am actually so proud to be a podcaster yeah. so that I can be a part of that community of humans. Like 
at one point I was going to stop doing my show. And one of the things that stopped me from, from doing that was, well, wait, then I won't be able to hang out with some of these really awesome humans. And no, I don't, I want to be one of them. That's so true because I've got a couple of friends that I've met from, I remember from hanging out at the earlier conferences and I'm like, are you going again this year? Like, no, I stopped my show. I'm like, oh man, like (laughs) it's like the best advertisement for like the conference should be like, don't stop your show because then you'll stop coming to the podcast movement. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's good. That should be, um, Jared and uh, Dan's <laughs> objective, make sure people don't stop. But there's always yeah. new people on and it's just fascinating to see, that, to have the relationships with the people who've been doing it 10 or 12 years, like Dave Jackson, yeah. uh, who's officially gotten three mentions on this show now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you've been in the game that long, you deserve yeah, you it. You deserve it. You deserve it. It's a great guy too. Um, and then new people too. So I'm really excited for what you're doing. I'm glad we're friends and we got to, to chat uh, a little bit more so I could know your story. It's just fascinating, especially the, when you mix in the music part and we have that in common. Um, and I love to see how people can like sort of like pull all their skill sets they learned over the years um, and put them to, to good use. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, so what's the best place for folks to track you down or to, to, to engage with you? shellhamilton.com c-h-e-l hamilton.com thank you again have a fantastic holiday it's we're recording this in prior to christmas but it'll come out afterwards but i'm sure you'll you'll have had uh, an amazing holiday new year thank you it was so good to see you and i will uh, talk to you again soon yes thanks again to shell for coming on the show as always full show notes are available at podcastjunkies.com slash 160 Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com. And please don't forget to support our episode sponsors, Podbean at podbean.com slash podcastjunkies and podcastmovement at podcastmovement.com. Use coupon code podcastjunkies, all one word, to receive your discounted tickets. Tune in next week for my conversation with D.S. Moss, host of The Adventures of Memento Mori. If you made it this far, you're looking for the retention hashtag. Let's go with meditation shell, one word, and you can tag her at hypnotist shell. So it's a bit of a a spelling test there. It's going to be H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-S-T-C-H-E-L. That's her Twitter handle. So again, the retention hashtag is meditation shell and tag her at hypnotist shell and us at podcast underscore junkies. Thank you so much for everything you do to support the show. I wouldn't be here without you. Love you guys. Talk to you next week.